0: Welcome to the second podcast of our Distillery Predict series. I'm Caroline Allen, Marketing Manager here at Distillery, a predictive marketing intelligence company. Each episode, I'll be bringing you direct access to our team of AI, machine learning, and media experts. In the last episode, we talked with Peter Lenz and Peter Barr from our data science and analytics team about the P18 special election and whether or not they could accurately predict the outcome using the data that brands use to discover new customers and drive growth. They boldly predicted that Democratic candidate Connor Lamb would win by a very narrow margin, and if you've watched any news channel or signed into Facebook or Twitter in the past two days, you know that they were right. Today, senior data science analyst Peter Ibarra is joined by John Pham, the analyst who actually built the enthusiasm model that led to their accurate prediction, and he's going to break down exactly how he did it. So first of all, congratulations, guys. It was an um, amazing prediction that you guys made, and you were right, so how does it feel?
1: Relieved, mostly. <laughs> yeah, mainly. Um, but a lot of excitement as well for the opportunities moving forward.
0: You actually built the model. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of explain to our audience how that even, how that idea even comes about?
1: Yeah. So the model that we built to predict the election is very similar to the process that we use to create the crafted audiences. That is based on a consumers' behavior. Um, the process starts with us taking seed websites that are indicative of a specific behavior. So let's say you're a new car buyer. We would take seed websites that include car review websites, car comparison websites, dealerships, and that's what we use to create a new car buyer crafted audience. But for this election, we chose websites that are indicative of being a Democrat or a Republican. So let's say those could be campaign websites, candidate websites, donor websites, and that's what we use to initialize the first step of creating our models. After that, we need training data to create the model, and to do that we take all of the devices that we see every day, we filter them through the set of seed websites, and we label them. If you visited a Democrat website, we label you as a Democrat. And if you visited one of the Republican seat websites, we label you as a Republican. And after we get all of this training data, we'll have hundreds of thousands, millions of them sometimes, we can start the process of actually building the model. And so the machine will learn these patterns of behavior for each of the labels that we saw, so Democrats, Republicans, and then it finally will come to the final output, which is the model, and once we have the final model, we're able to predict on new data that we haven't seen before. And at Distillery, we're able to do, so geolocate these devices back to where we presume the P18 residents will be. And we score them against the model, and the final output will give us a probability of someone being a Republican or a Democrat from 0 to 100, 0 being more Republican and 100 being more Democratic. And after we do that for all the devices that we see in P18, we see a distribution of scores, and once we get that distribution, we're able to predict the final outcome of the election.
0: Pete, you actually were able to then take this data and use it to predict. Can you give us some some background on that process?
2: Yeah so once uh, basically John built out all the stuff that I that he was talking about and looked at each of the devices we're able to kind of break out the level of support for each party um, into quintiles. So we start really understanding the the layers of the potential supporters that can come out and vote. Like who are the ones that are the most likely to come out for the Republicans who are the ones that are most likely to come out for Dems. But then we can start scaling that down. So like as you get closer towards that middle um, of people that don't have a preference in one way or another, we can start seeing like who are the slight Republicans and who are the slight Dems? People that we felt would make the difference in this election. And start understanding those uh, those voters to know the types of issues that they would care about and whether or not, you know, kind of doing our own research, I think, on the side as well is, are, were the candidates speaking to the issues that these people were, were caring about through their digital behavior um, and kind of like measuring that and understanding if, did they are they going to do enough to motivate these people to come out and vote? I mean, really what this comes down to is the Dems and the Republican hardcore supporters are, are going to come out and vote, right? It's about how many people can you get out in those lower levels um, and how many people can you motivate to come out and get and like cast that as you we saw in this election that all important vote. Um, and so it's really looking at the likely supporters on each side and understanding um, how well each candidate was speaking to them and whether or not we felt it was going to be enough to get them out.
0: And in our last conversation, we talked about how if you were wrong, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a bad thing because then you would have more information to feed to these algorithms and become more accurate the next time. But, as we know, you are correct, so what is the next step? Are, are there more steps you can take to, to make the, the model smarter, or is there a different approach that you're thinking of looking at when, when looking to the next election?
2: Um, I mean, I think, and you know, John can, can put his opinion here too, I think what we want to start really understanding is we feel pretty good about what this enthusiasm model was showing. Um, but how can we start layering on a voter turnout model? How can we start building on how likely people are to come out and actually make the vote, like we were predicting? Um, and so that's kind of like the next step of what we want to do, and that could be, you know, ser- like distributing like online surveys of how likely are you to vote, and start layering on that for each, like just like we did here, but for each of the levels of voters, um, how likely are the hardcore supporters compared to the, you know? Slight supporters compared to the people in the middle, and then that will allow us to take this enthusiasm model and then really become smart about what percent in each quintile is going to come out, and you know cast that vote, and then start basically hope. That I think this is our goal: is to say we want, you know, we think that that for this candidate to win, he's going to need to hit this benchmark in this quintile, and our hopefully our voter turnout model will help get us to the point where we can say we think he's going to be able to hit that benchmark or
1: we think he's not, yeah. he or she. Exists. And I think what was exciting for me personally is, you know, we correctly predicted the election, but we were able to understand what issues actually mattered. I think that's the really exciting part because we had, you know, accurate insights about, you know, guns uh, being a concern, healthcare being a concern, and now we're trying to see if, you know, from these learnings and from understanding you know this quintile actually cared about these issues i think we're going to be more informed in terms of providing more insight into you know not only who's going to win why are they going to win you know i think that's that's really exciting for me the the qualitative side to this as well yeah I mean, like in, in addition
2: to the like those two issues you identified um, the fact that we were kind of seeing early on you know as a, a week before the election that that tax reform stuff was not having the impact that the gop felt like it would and there's been articles that have come out talking about how they they're they're not seeing that as well um but it was really exciting to see that our data was showing that earlier than it started to come out of the new like started to come out in the news for and not only in identifying the stuff that's going to be important but I also identifying the issues that aren't going to matter as much either
0: and something that they're um talking a lot about on the news right now, is the importance of tailoring your message to your constituents. So one thing they saw with the Conor Lamb, Rick Rick Saccone race was that Conor Lamb really kind of abandoned the national democratic message. Mm -hmm. He really made sure that the message that he was providing were going to hit home with his constituents who, as we mentioned in the last um, episode, you know voted for overwhelmingly voted for Trump uh, and were on the conservative spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that is another kind of takeaway from this data is that not only can it help drive you know turnout on election day, but it can really help um, candidates in specific areas personalize their message and make sure that they are hitting their constituents with the messages that that are most important to them, like we do once again for brands every day.
2: Yeah I mean, All politics is local and I think Connor Lamb like really showed that that you know he was he's a bit of a you know he's that conservative Democratic candidate um, in an area that tends to lean conservative and the fact that he was able to get his constituency to come out in the areas that he needed to in the 70% range whereas Saccone only got it in like the 50 to 55% range that really shows that you know Lamb was able to get to those like uh, motivations that drove that enthusiasm whereas Saccone really just relied on his pro-Trump stance and as we saw it just it wasn't enough. And so being able to understand that on a localized level and using our data to help inform that and can make a big difference.
0: We look forward to you guys coming back in hopefully a few weeks. I know that politics is not the only thing that's predictive and there's a lot of other projects that you guys are working on that we probably can't mention right now, <laughs> but top secret right exactly all this classified projects working on here at distillery but you know as you guys are coming across more findings we we really want you guys to come back and to talk about your next predictions whether it's around like the travel industry or you know sports or whatever it is sure
2: yeah definitely definitely
0: if you guys want more information on the work that we're doing here at distillery feel free to check out our website, distillery.com. We have a full blog. Um, you'll find all of our political articles, but also a lot of articles that can really help marketers break down this whole idea of AI machine learning and what it means in 2018. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com distillery.intelligence, or on Twitter and Instagram, at distillery. Don't forget, that's distillery without the I, D-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y. Thanks guys, see you next time. Don't close your browser just yet. We couldn't end our podcast on the 2018 election and our prediction of PA-18 without addressing one of the trending topics from this week in the news, privacy. At Distillery, we take consumer privacy very seriously. As a data science company, we are interested in patterns of web browser IDs and mobile application IDs in order to understand consumer behavior. We don't capture personally identifiable information like name, address, or username. We don't know who you are, and to be honest, we don't care. We analyze patterns of behavior, not people. We assign a unique ID to each web browser. This number represents you, but it isn't you. Based on where you go online, we try to predict what brands or candidates you might be interested in. It's possible to provide actionable political and brand intelligence while maintaining a high standard of privacy and transparency. The result for any given user is more relevant advertising, and for all users, a robust, free internet. If you want more information on our privacy policy, you can go to distillery.com slash privacy, or feel free to reach out on any of our channels. We'd be happy to have a conversation.